welcome to Ghost Riders Anonymous, an inspirational and interactive podcast where we create worlds through words and writing. I'm Kelsey, and today I'd like to know if you were a moon phase, what moon phase would you be? I would be Waning Gibbous. A co-worker had recommended a book, Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs and Other Questions About Dead Bodies by Caitlin Dowdy. So the author is a mortician and she owns her own funeral home in Los Angeles, California. She's also the author of a couple more books, Ask a Mortician and From Here to Eternity, which I have not read. But this book is angled at a younger audience. So what she's done is compiled a lot of frequently asked questions and she answers them in this book, but she breaks it down to something that would be appealing to a youth. It kind of reads to me like a 90s science show, which those are my favorite kind of shows. So it's sort of like a step back in time. Every question is dedicated to a chapter in and of itself. This chapter is what would happen if you died on a plane? The flight attendant would open the plane's emergency exit door and toss your body out, attached to a parachute. Before you head out the door, they'd place a little card in your pocket that lists your name and address and says, Don't worry, I'm already dead. I'm being informed by fact checkers that this is not official airline policy. If you die on a plane, it's usually not because the plane has crashed. Plane crashes are very rare. Your chances of being in a plane crash are 1 in 11 million. I tell you this statistic because personally I am freaked the heck out by plane crashes, but it's just not gonna happen. You're safe up there. But with 8 million people flying every day, it is almost inevitable that someone will die from heart problems, lung problems, and other ailments related to old age. Dying somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean after a complimentary ginger ale is always a possibility. A few years ago, I was flying from Los Angeles to London. After our tikka masala dinner, the guy next to me keeled over in the aisle, puking up his tikka masala and lying completely motionless. Oh crap, this is not a drill, I thought. As a mortician, I wasn't good for much beyond being comfortable sitting next to a dead person the rest of the way to London. Fortunately, there was an actual doctor on board. She got the gentleman back up and running, and he even got to sit in first class for the rest of the flight. I was back in coach with the lingering tikka masala puke smell. The flight crew will respond in different ways depending on whether there's been a medical emergency or a death on the flight. If the person is clinging to life and can still be saved, the flight crew will try to divert the plane and land at the airport nearest to medical personnel and a hospital. But if the person dies, well, they're dead now and they're still going to be dead when we land in Bora Bora. What's the rush? If you happen to be the one sitting next to the person, you will find yourself living through the undeniably surreal experience of having a dead seatmate. Excuse me, you'll say to the flight attendant. I am sorry to bother you, but I didn't sign up to sit next to a corpse for the remaining five hours of the flight. Especially if you're trapped in the window seat while the dead guy has the aisle seat. But no worries, the flight crew will whisk the body away immediately and store it out of sight, right? Uh, no. They will 100% leave it in the seat next to you. In the most glamorous days of air travel, airlines would always leave several seats open which would allow for a corpse to at least have its own row. But nowadays, any frequent flyer knows that airlines pack their flights completely full. If that's the case, the flight attendant might drape one of those scratchy blue airline blankets over the dead person, buckle them in, and call it a day. Surely there must be some secret place on the airplane to store a dead body, you say? 
Have you been on a plane? We're packed like sardines in there. The airplane bathroom is not an option. The person will slump down to the floor, making it impossible to open the door upon landing. If the flight is no longer than three hours, rigor mortis might set in, making removal even more challenging. Plus, sticking grandma into the plane lavatory is not particularly respectful. Remaining available options are body in an empty row if one is available, body in the seat next to you if zero other seats are available, or body in the back galley where the beverage carts come from. Best case scenario, the flight attendants might lay the body in the galley, cover it up, and close the curtain. Once upon a time, like 2004, Singapore Airlines actually installed the secret corpse cupboards we assume all airlines have. Aware that people died while flying, the airline was attempting to, quote, take the trauma out of such tragedies. The cupboards, complete with straps so that the body didn't go soaring on a bumpy landing, were built in their Airbus A340-500. This particular aircraft was used for the longest flight in the world at the time, 17 hours from Singapore to Los Angeles, with very few places to land along the way. Sadly, these Airbuses have since been discontinued along with the revolutionary corpse cupboards. You probably don't love the idea of a dead body on your flight. I am extremely comfortable with dead bodies, but even I could do without sitting for several hours next to a stranger's corpse. But would it make you feel better if I told you there are dead bodies on the flight often? You just don't realize it? I'm talking about bodies in the cargo hold of the plane, down with your luggage. Dead people are zipping from one place to another all the time. Say the dead person lived in California but wanted to be buried in Michigan. Or the person died on vacation in Mexico but has to be brought back to New York. We handle bodies like this at the funeral home all the time. We pack them very safely in heavy-duty flying cases, drop them off at the airport, and send them soaring away home. Any flight you take, there might be an extra passenger tucked below. As a final note, according to the flight crew, no one ever really dies on a plane. If a person were to die mid-flight, that would mean a bunch of hassle and paperwork for the crew. The whole flight could even be quarantined upon landing for fear of disease. Then there's the possibility that the police will consider the plane a potential crime scene and take it out of commission while they investigate. It's hard enough to make airline connections without an episode of Law & Order happening at seat 32B. Rather than admit death in the sky, the protocol is to ask that medical personnel declare the person dead once on the ground. Most flight attendants aren't doctors and can argue that they aren't qualified to declare a passenger legally dead. Sure, the passenger hasn't breathed for three hours and they're in rigor mortis, but that doesn't prove anything. So now you know what to expect if someone dies on your plane. Sitting next to a corpse all the way to Tokyo isn't ideal, but I would prefer a corpse to a crying baby. No offense to babies, I just spend more time around corpses. So the final note was my favorite part of that because I absolutely believe that. I haven't fact-checked any of this, so I'm just taking her at her word, but it was copywritten in 2019 and then again in 2020. You know, a lot can change in a few years, but I'm also just hoping that this will be a low probability experience for me. It's just nothing I had ever thought of before or considered, and all the while I was thinking, well, what if they just put the body in those bunks that the flight attendants sleep in? I don't know if they have bunks in all 
airplanes or if those are just reserved for the ones that are doing the long haul and then storing the body in a galley. I mean, I get there's only so many options you can do, but couldn't that be a health hazard? I'm sure the airline could get sued for that. They could probably even get sued for having to sit next to a corpse. So it's probably just pick one evil over another, maybe lay it down in the back aisle. I have never even flown in first class myself, so I can only speak from the economy seating. And you better believe that if this person dies in first class, that body is going to the economy seating. Another thing that kind of crossed my mind while reading this was her assaging her audience that she's freaked out herself by plane crashes, but don't worry, it's not going to happen to you. I'm kind of cringy when I'm reading that because I'm thinking, you know, maybe they don't happen often, but they do happen. So how can you rule that out? So I sort of disapproved of that false comfort. I see what she's getting at, but I always want to leave that door of possibility open of, you know, this could happen to you, but it may not. But she just kind of shuts it down in her wording saying, it's not going to happen to you. You're safe up there. And that's what just sort of struck me the wrong way. But moving on from that, another thing that got my mind stirring was the tikka masala puker. Wow, what a great way to move up to first class. Just take a little tincture to make yourself wretch. And then before you know it, you've upgraded. I don't know if that'd be worth it, but I am keenly aware that there is always a crook out there trying to hook a deal. I'd also be curious to know why the corpse cupboards were discontinued. Because even if you're not storing a corpse, you could always use that for some other sort of storage, like luggage maybe. That might mess up the weight of the plane, but that's something I would just have to research on my own, why that was discontinued, if there's any information on it. I also wonder if instead of forcing you to sit next to a corpse, if they wouldn't take a vote, like who's uncomfortable, who's willing but not comfortable, who is totally okay sitting next to a corpse. That's sort of how I would approach it to start. Then you put yourself in the situation of no one's raising their hand for I'm totally comfortable sitting next to this, but I bet someone would, honestly. Is there a manual for this? Do you learn this in flight attendant school, how to approach this topic? I have no idea, but I would love to hear about it. Please email us at gwritersanon at gmail.com. That's a wrap on Corpse Conundrums. We'll catch you guys next week.